Performance USA, the greatest entertainers in America, as requested by you, the fighting men of the United States Armed Forces throughout the world. Command Performance, presented this week and every week till it's over. Over there. Okay, men, here's that show of yours again. Command Performance, presenting the world's biggest combination of stars for the world's best combination of fighting men. Here's the opening letter for tonight from Seaman First Class WCM somewhere in Australia. Dear Command Performance, recently you read a letter from a sailor who heard about Betty Grable keeping company with George Raft. The Blue Jacket tried to sell Betty on the fact that he had a nice big battleship. So why should she waste her time with a Raft? Well... From what we saw of the way George made love to Ida Lupino in a picture we caught down here, that guy's no raft. He's a destroyer. How's about us letting us hear from him? Well, here he is, buddy. Betty Grable's one-man convoy, George Raft. Thank you, Paul Douglas, and greetings to the men we're pinning our hopes on to pin the enemy's ears back. I don't believe any half-hour program ever broadcast had as many stars on as the one you're about to hear. You've heard some of them over the red network, some of them over the blue network. But this is the biggest hookup of all, the red, white, and blue network, the worldwide chain that links Uncle Sam's armed forces with the land they're fighting to defend. Our show opens with the answer to a request from three corporals, initials J.J., P.W., and J.H.E. on a mine flotilla somewhere in the South Pacific. For them, we are happy to present two young ladies with a sense of humor as sharp as a hatchet and faces to match. Brenda and Cobina. Tonight, Brenda and Cabina, those two glamour goons, have a blind date with two lucky privates from the Southern California sector. Let's run up to their apartment and see what's detaining them. Brenda, what is it, Cobina? Oh, gee, isn't it exciting getting dressed to go out on a blind date? Yeah, I love blind dates, don't you? Blind or sober, as long as they're men. I'm talking about soldiers. Oh, soldiers? You mean a soldier's going to go out with you? Yeah. Boy, Sherman was right, wasn't he? Oh, yeah? Well, I feel sorry for the soldiers that got to go out with you. They not only got to peel potatoes, they got to go out with one. Brenda, how dare you say that? After all, I was once a beauty contest winner. Sure, you won a beauty contest, but who was in it? Not even people. So, you should talk with your face. What's the matter with my face? It looks like an unconfirmed report. Oh, you think you're so smart ever since you ran over that chap with his own lawnmower. <laughs> Let's not fight. Come on, let's finish dressing. Oh, how do you like my long winter underwear? Very pretty. But your escape hatch is open. <laughs> Gee, I, I hope the boys get here soon. Otherwise, we'll be out all night and... I'll be late for work in the morning. Oh, by the way, how do you like your new job out at Lockheed? <laughs> Fine. You know, I think the foreman likes me. Yeah? How can you tell? Yesterday when I passed by, he pinched me. <gasps> pinched you? Hard? Sure, he used a pair of pliers. <laughs> oh. Come 
on now. Stop talking and get dressed. Oh, dear. Where's my big Spanish comb? Over there, with your manila hair. <laughs> oh, I feel so romantic tonight. I was romantic last night, too. You know, I was out with the Marines. You were? Yeah, and I pretended I was a beautiful blonde spy just to see if I could get some military information out of him. Yeah? Did you get any military information out of him? No, I was lucky to get a short beer. <laughs> oh, I had a date last night, too, with a sailor. And I found out something about the fleet. The sailor told you something about the fleet? Yeah. You know where all our big ships are? No, where? In the water. <laughs> Marty. Now, look, Brendan. When these soldiers come to call for us, do you think we ought to go out or sit here in the apartment in front of the fire? Oh, it's a lovely fire, isn't it? I'll say. Too bad we haven't got a fireplace. <laughs> you know, I've got a wonderful idea. When the boys get here, we'll show them these pictures we took last summer in our bathing suits. Sex. <laughs> That's a good idea. Show them this one of me in my bathing suit right here. Look, what do you think of it? How many days were you in the water? <laughs> That's not a very nice thing to say, Cobina. Everybody on the beach said I look like Veronica Lake. Oh, I know you've been trying to look like Veronica Lake, but you've got it backwards. Backwards? How? Well, you've got one eye combed down over your hair. <laughs> We can't all be perfect. Oh, you know, the boys ought to be here pretty soon. What time is it? I don't know. The clock stopped. I better wind it. Never mind winding it. Stop looking at it. Oh, gee, I'm so excited. How do I look? You're all right, but uh, your slip is showing. It is? Yeah, you can still see the sign fragile. Use no hook. <laughs> oh, gosh, I wish those soldiers would hurry. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, gee. That, that must be the boys now. I'll, I'll open the door. Oh, oh, it's George Rapp. Oh, hello, girls. Uh, a man in uniform gave me this government letter for you. Oh, but maybe it's from those soldiers. I'll see what it says. But, 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 gee, where's Brenda? What is it, Cobina? How do you like that? We passed our physical. We're both 1A. <laughs> Thank you, Brenda and Cabiner. And now... For Staff Sergeant RCM, location censored. For Engineer VPM at Army Post Office 863. For the Jungle Mudders of Panama, Penn State Yank and the RAF. And all the boys up at Dutch Harbor, Alaska. Command Performance brings you Deanna Durbin. Thank you, George Rath. And thanks to the boys for asking me. Out at Universal Studios, where I work, there's a man we call casting director. He chooses all the performers and assigns them their respective parts in the pictures. On this program, you men are the casting directors. And I want to thank you for inviting me here tonight for the most thrilling role I've ever played. Now, here is the song that seemed to be the favorite of the boys on my recent tour of the training camp here at home.
to Deanna Durbin and salutations to the greatest boogie-woogie piano player in the world. He's been a sensation from Sugar Hill to Hollywood, from Basin Street to the famous Carnegie Hall. Here he is, answering the request of two of his fans from Harlem, now fighting for Uncle Sam under General MacArthur, Mead Lux Lewis. Thank you, Mr. Raff. Now for all my friends. I've got some boogie rhythm to lay in your laps, and I hope it keeps you stomping, stomping out Japs. Here we go with the Yancey Special.
Lewis. And thanks to Mr. Eddie Paul, who is conducting our orchestra tonight. Now for Corporal MFL at Fort Randolph. The engineers in the canal zone. Corporal BS at APO 810. Twelve machine gunners somewhere in Australia and some fellows who call themselves the Delancey Street Blarney Stoners in North Island. The singing sensation of 1942. The Southland's own Dinah Shaw. Georgie. Hello there, fellas. Oh, it was swell of you to ask for me again, and I want you to know that things are mighty fine back here at home. That light Miss Liberty holds in her hand is still shining brighter than ever, and we still have no use for the rising sun. Next week on the Eddie Cantor Show, I'm going to introduce a song I'm convinced will be a big hit. Here's a special preview of it just for you. was a handsome young Irish lad, and she was a Mexican beauty. It was Fiesta, and I might add, romantically he was on duty. A boy and a girl, he's a star. I can tell it in 64 bars, his Irish heart went bingo when he saw the Rose of Juarez. Conchita, Marquita, Lolita, Pepita, Rosita, Juanita, Lopez. Oh, you're a lovely thing, oh. For me, there's but one girl, he said. 
Conchita, Marquita, Lolita, Pepita, Rosita, Juanita, Lopez. Mandolins began to play, and her lips were there to kiss. As they danced, I heard him say, New Jersey was never like this. The bells began to ringle, and they rode away on a mule. To prove I'm not joking, if you're in Hoboken, drop in for a minute and you'll meet Conchita, Marquita, Lolita, Pepita, Rosita, Juanita, too. Little Teresa, Maria, Elisa, and Patsy and Molly and Mike. And there's Jose and Pancho, and Pedro and Sancho, and Tommy and Timmy and Spike. Of course there are others, their sisters and brothers, they're older and they go to school. Flash, the doctor announces eight pounds, seven ounces. One more for Lopez and O'Toole. Thank you, Dinah Shaw. Next comes a letter from Private J.J.B., a fighting Marine somewhere in the South Pacific. Dear Command Performer, my hometown is Mena, Arkansas, where everybody else knows all about your business. Out here in this island, our business is to knock off Japs. And believe me, business ain't bad. But I've still got time for some of that hometown gossip. So how's about letting us hear from a former Arkansas wholesale grocer and a former Arkansas automobile finance man who put the town into the big time, the famous homespun team of Lum and Abner? Well, after that letter, there's only one thing to do, and that's to try to make a contact with Pine Ridge. And I suspect that if we're successful, we'll find Lum and Abner in that famous jot em in down store, trying to help Cedric Weehut with one of his problems. Well, here goes for a quick trip to Pine Ridge. Uh, draft board questionnaire. For goodness sake, Cedric, you ought to fill this out a long time ago. Yes, Mom, I know it. Well, why ain't you done it then, Cedric? Well, I've been aiming on doing it ever since I got it, but my old trouble kept coming back. What old trouble? I can't write. <laughs> Well, I reckon we'll just have to do it firm in Lama. How did it start out there? Yeah, let's see here. Selective service questionnaire. Well. Identification. My name is what, Cedric? Mr. Lum Edwards. No, it says here, my name is blank. <laughs> Lawless thought it was Lum Edwards. Well, <laughs> I did too, Cedric. Well, that is my name. I I'm talking about your name, Cedric. Oh, well, that ain't mine neither. My name's Cedric Weehunt. That's all I wanted to know. Well, you knowed what his name was, Long. That don't make no difference. This has got to be dead legal. Got to be answered uh, by Cedric himself. Oh, oh, go ahead. In addition to the names given above, I have also been known as blank. Mom. Well. Have you ever had any other names besides Cedric? No, Mom. Still got the same name I had ever since I was a baby. He means a uh, nickname, Cedric. Oh, yes, Mom. Uh, Moe's Moots calls me Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one for you. Put that down, Mom. Yeah, G-O-F-Y, Goofy. Yeah. What else? That's all except Jughead. They call me at school. Well. <laughs> Jughead. Now, uh, address. 
Where else do you live, Cedric? Over at the place. Lives with his Paul on for you live. Yeah. Lives with Caleb Weehan. That's right. Uh, you can fill in these easy ones in yourself, Cedric. Let's get down to the hardens here. Education. Are you a college graduate? Oh, let's see. <laughs> I don't think I am. <laughs> Leastways, I don't recollect it if I am. I know I went as far as the third grade, though. Well, did you graduate from there, Cedric? No, Mama. I just left because I got so big I couldn't get my knees up under them desks no more. <laughs> Well, I can't put all that down here. I'll just say no. Yeah, put down no. I know they don't give no diplomas for the third reader long. Well, let's see here. Um, height and weight. How tall are you, Cedric? I don't know. Same height as my Paul, though. Well, how tall is he? Well, he's just exactly the same as me. <laughs> well, we can't tell by that, Cedric. Oh, wait a minute. I know. Uh, can, you, can you go by my Uncle Frank? Go by him. Yes, Mom. Him and Paul and me is all the same height. Well, well, we're getting someplace now. How tall is your Uncle Frank? I don't know that neither. For goodness' sake! You better just put down there, Lom. Uh, tall as Uncle Frank's. What you better put? Yeah, I reckon I'll have to. <laughs> now, age. How old are you, Cedric? Well, now that's one thing I don't believe I recollect. Well, what year was you born in, Cedric? We can figure it out from there, I reckon. Oh, let's see, uh, what year? What yeah, year? yeah. Uh, I know it wasn't 1934, because I was going to school then. <laughs> <laughs> well, think hard now, Cedric. Uh, how many birthdays have you had? Oh, uh, I've had five. Oh, you know good and well you've had more than that. When's your birthday? Oh, uh, February the 29th. So, see, I, I don't have a birthday except on leap year. Oh, dog, is that right, ain't it? Just had five birthdays. Well, according to that thing, you ain't but five year old, Cedric. <laughs> no, I, I know I know good and well I'm older than that. I've got a little brother, six-year-old, and I know I'm older than that. <laughs> no, you're wrong there, Cedric. If you ain't had but five birthdays, why, you couldn't be older than your brother. How many has he had? I don't know. Six, I think. Yeah. Well, he's six, then, and you're five. Whoa, he ain't but that high, though. Yeah. Well, I'll admit you are a little big for a young and just five-year-old, but <laughs> that's all you could be, Cedric. Well, here, then, ain't no use to fill out this form. You're too young to go in the Army, Cedric. Why, sure you are. Had no business registering for the draft in the first place. It, did you tell him that you was over five-year-old when you registered, Cedric? Yes, Mom, I think so. Oh, my goodness alive. That's a giver man you're fooling with there. Why, they're liable to get you for trying to get in the Army under false pretense. Well, I don't believe they'd send no five-year-old young into the penitentiary. No. Well, I know good and well I'm more than any five-year-old, though. I, I won't be just five. I, I, I won't stand first. Well, you oughtn't have got born on the 29th of February. That's where you made your mistake. <laughs> Here I was aiming on getting married to Clarabelle Seastrunk. For the land sakes. Why, you're too young to be thinking about such things as that, Cedric. I did have a five-year-old young and want to start housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't you ashamed of yourself? Now, look at you. Standing there blubbering around about how old you are. 
Your big brother don't cry because he's just six, does he? Well, he ain't my big brother no such a thing. Yes, Donnie. He has to sit in a high chair. Now, you ought to be in one. Don't tease him, Abner. Well, I'm going over and ask Paul if I'm just fine. Go on, ask him. See if I care. Be careful crossing the street now, Cedric. <laughs> <laughs> Granny's, I feel sorry yeah. for him, Abner. Poor little fella. He wanted to get in the army so bad. Yeah, bless his heart. By last, his little heart. Well, here, Abner. We can't let a young in his age be running around on the streets by himself. Hey, wait a minute, Cedric. Me and Abner will take you home. Thank you, love and Abner. And now, four sons of old Eli, stationed at a secret airdrome of the United States Ferry Command somewhere deep in a jungle far away India. May we proudly present a seaman who served in our regular Navy in 1917, our own Rudy Valley. Thank you, George Raft. High hold of the fighting men in Uncle Sam's armed forces everywhere. For the Yale boys in India, the sportsmen and I sing the Yale Whiffenpoof song. To the tables down at Maury's to the place where Louis dwells, to the dear old temple bar we love so well. Sing the whiffin' folks assembled with their glasses raised on high, and the magic of their singing casts its spell. Yes, the magic of their singing. Of the songs we love so well Shall I wasting And the mavourneen And the rest We will serenade our Louis While life and boy shall last Then we'll pass and be forgotten Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Well, fellows, as the boys said when they bombed the alarm clock factory in Tokyo, my, how time flies. But set your alarm for the same time next week, and command performance will sound off again on schedule. In the meantime, you guys in the bombers, hit them high. You guys in the subs, hit them low. And you guys in the khaki and navy blue, hit them hard and hit them again. Whenever, wherever you find them. Just keep remembering that this war was started by a crank with a chip on his shoulder. And it's going to be finished by a yank with a gun on his shoulder. So long. Remember, men, this is your show, Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Keep sending those requests to command performance and care of your favorite station. And keep sending good news of that job you're doing in care of your favorite nation.